Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back current and future PAs on their way to financial independence. I'm your host, Kat, and I am absolutely thrilled that you are joining me for today's podcast episode. The recent big news in the PA profession this week was that the AAPA House of Delegates had voted to change the profession's title from physician assistant to physician associate. The debate about changing the title for PAs has been actually ongoing for many years. There has been a lot of money spent on research to decide if a title change was necessary, as well as to try to decide some viable name options. I have heard PAs be on both sides of whether they like physician associate as the new title change or other professional title names. Many agreed that the word assistant in our title hindered the ability for us to obtain jobs and be competitive candidates for positions, as well as left confusion for our patients, and hindered the advancement of legislation to pass to provide sufficient autonomy for our profession. Some PAs do not like physician associate because it still has the word physician in there, and so that implies that we are always sort of tied to the physician profession, so to speak. If you recall, the PA profession was started very closely with physicians, and it was physicians who taught and trained PAs in the first PA class back in the day. There are actually several countries that utilize PAs besides the United States, and several of them use the title physician associate. So changing from physician assistant to physician associate is more consistent with what other countries are doing. It sounds as though the next option that was in the running for our new profession title was MCP, or Medical Care Practitioner. But I think many of us are thankful that our new name is not Praxition, I think was how they were wanting us to pronounce that word, as Praxition was one of the titles that had been proposed back in the day as well. Another somewhat amusing title that was proposed was clinicist, I believe. So I'm just glad that physician associate is easier to pronounce than both practitioner and clinicist. And frankly, that we get to keep the title of PA because I do think that many patients understand what PAs are now. I certainly think there's a long ways to go with that, but I have had several patients tell me that they enjoy seeing PAs. So I think if we were to all of a sudden change to MSCP or another type of title change, I think it would have been somewhat difficult to try to continue to gain recognition with our patients. 
In today's episode, I wanted to discuss home ownership versus renting for PAs. Do you think you should own a home or rent a place? Most people tend to be very polarized in their view of whether owning a home or renting is the best solution, but not only for themselves, but for everyone else in their life as well. They tend to think that one answer fits all, such as everyone should rent or everyone should own a home, but this simply isn't the case. As we have discussed previously in the podcast, way back in episode two, about the three big budget items, housing is one of those three largest budget items in most Americans' monthly budgets. Many newly graduated PAs are looking to jump into the American dream of becoming a homeowner. But hold on, not so fast. Let's review the debate of home ownership versus renting through the lens of a PA and dispel some commonly believed myths along the way. The first myth, some people think that you can simply directly compare the monthly mortgage of a house to the monthly rental rate of another place. But this is absolutely false, as the monthly mortgage of home fails to include so many other disguised costs of homeownership. So the first is maintenance costs. Owning a home comes with a lot of maintenance costs for the upkeep of everything in the house as well as outside. For example, some indoor maintenance costs can include having to replace or fix the furnace or water heater, appliances, and Every several years, you eventually have to update your windows, which is quite costly, but there are so many other maintenance costs that I didn't mention there. Some examples of some outdoor maintenance costs can include the roof, which needs to be upkept every several years, the deck, whether that's replacing the deck or staining it or repainting it. If you have a patio, sometimes you need to fix that if it gets damaged, as well as maintaining the property by mowing and snow plowing depending upon the part of the country that you're from. I'm from the upper Midwest and we get a ton of snow and we do own several acres and we have two driveways, one to our house and a really long driveway to the back pole barn. My dear husband is the one who takes care of the snow removal. He has used a plow for many years, but in the past few years, he has convinced me that he needed a working, dependable bobcat. And I've mentioned before on the podcast about how my dear husband enjoys lots of toys. And honestly, I enjoy several of the toys as well. They're pretty fun. As I mentioned, we really like to go ice fishing, so we will use the fish house together quite a bit. And he used to have an old bobcat but it just was not working very well. So he was able to trade it in and get a pretty good discount on a new one. But I don't know if you are very familiar with bobcats, but unfortunately, they are quite expensive, even if you are able to get a pretty good deal. The interest rate is pretty low, which helped make the decision a little bit easier. So I was saying, oh, you need another toy. And he has to always remind me that, of course, it's not a toy. It's an actual tool that he needs to do his job. I think it's a little bit of both, frankly. But he uses the bobcat to push and place all of the snow around our house. He said using the plow would just pack the snow in a pile, but it wouldn't really be able to get 
lifted and moved out of the driveway. So he likes to use the bobcat. He uses it for other projects as well or helps other people with the bobcat too. So he does use it quite a bit. But if we didn't live on such a large property, the question would then be, does he really need the bobcat or not? He probably would say yes. But I just wanted to point out this illustration of how owning a home has the extra maintenance costs of upkeeping your outside as well. On the other hand, if you were a renter and an appliance stops working, for example, you wouldn't be responsible for either paying to have the appliance fixed or having to pay for the cost of a brand new appliance. So the next somewhat disguised cost of owning a home is property taxes. If you are a homeowner, you have to pay taxes for your place. Often the property taxes are included in your monthly mortgage payment. If it is what's called escrowed, meaning that it's kind of rolled into your mortgage. However, this means that if your property tax amount increases, as it often can over the years, your mortgage payment can increase as well. You can all of a sudden find that your mortgage payment that's due can be a few hundred dollars more a month. Insurance is another somewhat disguised cost of owning a home. If you still have a mortgage on your home, you are required to purchase homeowner's insurance, which sometimes may be escrowed as well. Alternatively, if you are a renter, your landlord or property management company may require you to carry renter's insurance, but not always. Another somewhat disguised cost of owning a home is the mortgage interest. So if you still have a mortgage, much of what you're actually paying for at the beginning is the interest you owe on the mortgage versus the actual principal. Another cost of owning a home is transaction fees. So both purchasing and selling a house can elicit fees such as real estate, agent commissions, closing costs, etc. I would say as well that if you own a home, another somewhat hidden cost could be furnishing costs as well as necessary tools and objects needed to upkeep the place. So what I mean by that is usually if you own a home versus rent, often the home can be quite a bit larger than the place you would rent alternatively. So furnishing a larger place often costs more money. Now there are certainly ways to keep the costs lower, such as trying to purchase somewhat used furniture on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or something like that. But if you are having to furnish a place that has several bedrooms, several bathrooms, maybe a couple of different living areas, all those costs can certainly add up. Additionally, the simple tools that you need to maintain the place. So often homeowners might have a true tool set to be able to fix things around the home or even things like a lawnmower, or as I had mentioned before, a snowplow or bobcat or something like that if you own a fairly large property that you have to remove snow, whereas renters probably don't own those things. So the next myth is that renting is just throwing away your money. I have to admit that I used to believe this, frankly. The purpose of renting or owning a home is to provide yourself and your family, if you have a family that's living with you, a place to live. Either way, you're exchanging some of your hard-earned income for housing or a roof over your head. 
many can find a place to rent for a lot cheaper than a mortgage in their area. If that is the case, and if you are a PA on the way to financial independence, then ideally you are investing the savings, which may help you build your wealth more quickly over time, actually. So for some, it may be more beneficial to rent because of this. The next myth that many believe is that owning a home is such a great investment. Although a home's value can increase with time, it often can only be keeping up with inflation actually over the years, depending upon the market over those years. This current year in the year 2021, home prices have seemed to have skyrocketed, but that's not always the case. J.L. Collins, who is the author of the book The Simple Path to Wealth, which I highly recommend if you have not yet read this book, it talks about how to simply invest in index funds over time to build your wealth, which we've talked about on this podcast before. But he has a blog, and on that blog, he compiled a whole post about why your house is a terrible investment. And I will link to this in the show notes. Depending on the area of the country you live in, as well as the market, it is possible that you may make out better owning a home. However, don't forget to factor in those hidden costs that we've already discussed. The bottom line is that typically your primary residence should not necessarily be viewed as a true investment. But this certainly does not apply to investing in real estate or rental properties. Those would be considered separate. Now let's review some pros and cons of renting and home ownership. These are certainly not all-inclusive lists, but I would like you to consider the information and think about these things. So let's first review the pros and cons of renting. In my opinion, every good pros and cons list starts with the pros. So renting may be cheaper than owning. Renting is a more flexible housing option with more freedom than owning. As long as you follow your lease, you can fairly easily stop renting in a city and rent a new place in another. With renting, there possibly may be no maintenance costs, or if there are, they are likely few. As we have touched on, furnishing an apartment can often be pretty cost-effective. If you rent, you may feel less stress since you are not the owner of the place. As a side note, this certainly does not give you permission to just trash the place. I would hope that you treat it with respect still. And then if you rent, there's a good chance that you may not have to upkeep the property by mowing, snow plowing, etc. And with renting, you don't need to have a large deposit saved up. So the cons of renting. The first is rent prices will likely increase over time, depending on the area of the country and the market, and could eventually exceed the cost of mortgage payments. The next con of renting is that you ultimately will never own the property. And if you rent, you have to follow your landlord's rules, which may mean that you may not be able to have pets or may not be able to even paint the walls. If you rent, you likely will have very close neighbors. And if you are a renter, since you are not the owner, you are at the mercy of your landlord or property owner. And with renting, there is no end to monthly payments. So now let's review some pros and cons of homeownership. Let's start with the pros. Your equity may help to build wealth. 
This is, of course, if the costs of ownership don't counteract this too much. Your monthly mortgage payments eventually do end, unlike rent payments. If you own a home, there may be some tax benefits for you. If you own a home, you can create your own rules, such as having pets, painting your walls, or renovating the home. This is because you are not at the mercy of a landlord or property owner. If you do decide to own a home, the monthly mortgage payments do eventually end once the mortgage is paid off. And depending upon the sale, if you do decide to sell your home, you can avoid paying taxes on the capital gains of your house. If you decide to be a homeowner, you could elect to rent out a portion of your home to others. This is a concept called house hacking, and we will talk about it a little bit more at the end of this podcast episode. Now let's review some cons of home ownership. Owning a home has more underlying costs, such as taxes, homeowners insurance, maintenance, and transaction fees, as we've already discussed. Often, you need a fair amount of money for a down payment on a home. Owning a home is not a very flexible housing option, as it is often viewed as a long-term commitment. So it's more difficult to just up and move, so to speak, as if you were to be a renter instead. Mortgage payments may be more expensive than rent payments, although this really depends upon the area of the country that you are living in. Qualifying and obtaining a mortgage may be somewhat of a difficult process. And another con of owning a home could be that the value of your home may actually decrease at times. So, how to decide whether you should rent or whether you should buy a home? If you are a newly graduated PA and either you or you and your spouse don't know where in the state or where in the country that you want to settle down for the next several years, renting may be the way to go. Additionally, if you are just starting a new job and aren't 100% positive that this is the specialty or the practice location for you for the next several years, then the flexibility that renting provides may be best in your situation, especially if you may live in more of a rural area and there aren't different options around to be able to switch clinics or hospitals more quickly. Alternatively, if you and your spouse have found the area that you want to settle down in and your job seem pretty stable, as you feel like you can work in that specialty and practice location for several years, or again that there are at least several options nearby and you don't have a non-compete clause to be able to practice in those other location options if needed, then buying a home may be the better choice for you. If you decide that home ownership is the right choice for you, consider house hacking and or geo-arbitrage to help keep costs low. As a reminder, house hacking is the idea of renting out a portion of your residence to offset the cost of the home, or sometimes to even have the whole mortgage paid for by someone else. For example, some will choose to purchase a duplex or triplex and live in one of the units while renting out the others. Others may choose to purchase a home and rent out some of the rooms or maybe a level to someone else. The generated income will likely cover most, if not all, of the mortgage, 
And if it covers all of the mortgage, this allows you to live for free while building equity in your property. Housing costs consume approximately one-third of Americans' living expenses. So using the concept of house hacking can really help to increase your savings rate. Another way to make home ownership more of a reasonable or cheaper solution for you can be the concept of geo-arbitrage. And we have reviewed this concept before as well, but just a refresher if anyone is joining on this episode for the first time. Geo-arbitrage is the notion of moving either to a different town, state, or even sometimes a different country to experience a lower cost of living, which can drastically help increase your savings. So as a practicing PA, you likely won't move to a different country to practice. Although again, as I mentioned earlier, there are some countries that have PAs. So it's possible that you might move to a different country and practice as a PA there. But I would say for the majority of us, probably not. But I would say that many in the financial independence community, once they reach FIRE or financial independence retire early, often some of them will consider to move to a lower cost of living country, such as someplace in Central America or even Southeast Asia, where they can withdraw a smaller amount of money to live off of every year than they would need to in the United States. This can help some people technically reach financial independence sooner if their annual cost of living is cheaper. But going back to most of us PAs that are practicing in the United States and likely for several years, putting the concept of geo-arbitrage into action may look like not living in California or New York, especially the expensive areas of those states. And some PAs may even consider moving to a different state, perhaps the upper Midwest where I'm from, where the cost of living can be quite a bit more affordable. And depending upon the state, there may even be a possibility that you could get a larger income if the area has a shortage of providers, although this certainly is not guaranteed. Now let's consider someone who's already living in a lower cost of living state. If you do, and if you live in one of the larger cities or one of the suburbs of the larger cities, then you may have to pay more. But if you decide to move maybe a county or two over, it's possible that your home cost could be quite a bit cheaper. Additionally, you may have lower property taxes if you do that as well. So that's an example of how you can use the concept of geo-arbitrage even within your own state. The point of this episode was not to say that everybody should rent or that everybody should own a home, but in fact, show that it really depends upon your situation. There is no one-size-fits-all answer, and it's important to note that the better option for you and your spouse or your family can actually change over time. Perhaps you start to rent for a few years after PA school, and then you decide to purchase a home. Or if you have purchased a home and decided you don't want to deal with the headaches and the cost of all the maintenance associated with the home, 
maybe you decide to go ahead and rent instead. As I had touched on, my husband and I currently do own a home. It would be somewhat difficult to store my husband's toys and tools if we were apartment renters. Additionally, he really likes not having very close neighbors. He likes to have his space or his freedom, if you will. And that is something that he has chosen to value. So with this podcast, I have tried to emphasize how it really is important for you and your spouse, your significant other, your family to decide what you value in life. Because you can use that to build what you hope to be your future once you reach financial independence, but more importantly, help to guide you with your decisions along the way. As I have tried to emphasize before, it's not all about the destination. It really is about the journey to financial independence. If you are deciding to be super hardcore about trying to reach financial independence in five years after finding out about it, your savings rate is super high, maybe like 80 to 90% because you are so restrictive in the things you do, the things you purchase, different areas in your life. Here's a little bit of a newsflash for you. Both you, but more importantly, your significant other and family members probably won't be very happy. And there's no point to obtaining and reaching financial independence if you are absolutely miserable by the time you get there, or if you have a broken or damaged relationship by the time you get there. So again, I think it's very important that you try to have open and honest conversations with those in your life to try to figure out what your goals and dreams are for this life. Maybe after hearing this conversation, you decide that you'd actually rather not even rent or buy a home. I'm not suggesting to live in a van down by the river, but rather maybe you decide that you want to live a more nomadic lifestyle by purchasing an RV to travel the country by working per diem jobs as a PA. Or even have a fully telemedicine role that would allow you to do so. There are so many options out there, and I really encourage you to not feel pressured to buy a giant house right away as a new PA or as a more experienced PA. Just because you or your family thinks that it is the American dream, it is important for you to consider which option is best for you. And I think another point of this illustration too is that if you do decide to purchase a home, that you really try not to get the way top highest mortgage that you are qualified for. Because again, there are so many other kind of disguised costs when it comes to homeownership. And if you are already at your top dollar that you can afford for your monthly budget for a mortgage payment, by maxing out the highest mortgage that you can get, It's going to really stress you out when you have those costs come up. I hope that you appreciated listening to some of these pros and cons of renting and home ownership on today's episode. 
I do my best to discuss different concepts and different topics that I wish I would have known earlier as a new PA and give you something to think about. Now, this upcoming weekend is Memorial Day, and I am absolutely looking forward to it because I have the next five days off and we are planning on going up to my husband's family's lake place for the weekend. We're going to have several family members there and it should be nice and relaxing. But I also wanted to express my gratitude for all the past and current people who have served in our military over the years too. It is thanks to them that we have the freedom to be able to have those wonderful, enjoying, relaxing weekends. We recently found out that there is going to be a veteran center that will be started in a big, giant house that is really close to where we live. I saw on Facebook that they were requesting volunteers this past weekend. So I convinced my mom to go and volunteer with me for a few hours on a Saturday. And it was absolutely so cool to learn about this concept. They're opening it up to all veterans and their family members for free, and they're going to provide different services to their members with the help of donations. If you recall, the PA profession was actually founded and stemmed from military service members. And there are several PAs that serve in the military. So if you are currently a PA in the military or you have served as a PA in the military, thank you so much for all that you have done. You are pretty awesome and we appreciate it. I hope you consider taking the time to hit the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on and coming on over and joining the Facebook group that's private for the PAs on their way to financial independence called PA the FI way. Or follow along on Instagram at PA the FI way. If you are a member of the Facebook group or have just joined the Facebook group, feel free to post some topics that you would like to learn about, or if you have any particular questions. Otherwise, you can head over to my website at PA the FI way.com and send me a message through there. You can either send an email or fill out a contact form with any questions or feedback that you have about the episode, or if you have any topic ideas that you would like to hear more about. And thank you so much for taking the time to tune in to this episode today. Take care. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on. But more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.